confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. Examining wrestling stories and matches through the eyes of game plans, adjustments, intangibles, and analytics. This is the series. Previously on the series. CM Punk suffered his first defeat in AEW, losing to MJF in a bout that was not without controversy. After getting outsmarted and making unforced errors, how would Punk regroup and adjust in the rematch? MJF believed he had CM Punk's number. He took the psychological games to a new level after his victory and Punk's challenge for a dog collar match, telling a personal story of his lifelong connection to Punk and how his worship of Punk crumbled when Punk quit wrestling in 2014. Punk quitting only served to fuel MJF on his journey in wrestling, and his victory over Punk on Dynamite proved that he was better than him, at least on that night. MJF continued to toy with the emotions of Punk, who began to trust his enemy. It's not uncommon for the greats to share a meal before a big game, the understanding is there that when the bell rings, there are no more friends. Punk let his guard down, another mistake in a line of them against MJF, and paid the price before their clash at AEW Revolution. The playing field was different in the rematch as the two men would be attached to a dog collar. Both men were experienced in such a match, but there was a big advantage for Punk in that he now didn't have to play by the rules. As we saw in the first bout, MJF is a master at using the rulebook to his advantage and taking shortcuts. With the rules out the window, Punk could afford to get more aggressive and dirty without having to worry about potential repercussions from the referee. The game plan was unlikely to change for MJF, who was going to continue to capitalize on mistakes and target weaknesses until Punk proved he could adjust or overcome. For Punk, he had to find a way to limit mistakes that completely took him out of his offense while continuing to be the aggressor. From his entrance, we see a different CM Punk, going back to his ROH days with the gear and entrance music. This is a more focused punk who clearly wants to remind himself of the hungry competitor who was once in a similar position to MJF and not the veteran who could be taken advantage of. We would soon find out if he could actually channel his ROH self or if this was nothing more than window dressing to a broken shop. They are hooked up to the dog collar and neither man looks too uncomfortable. It's the calm before the storm as MJF has the confidence from his dynamite victory where he claims he beat punk twice and Punk has the self-confidence that he is more prepared and better suited to counter MJF's attacks. Punk immediately begins pulling at MJF, and this is a big difference with the dog collar. Punk doesn't have to chase in this bout. He got himself into trouble in the first bout because he went charging after MJF, who would constantly run away. Now, he can bring MJF to him. MJF tries bailing on a couple of occasions, but he has nowhere to go. A big part of MJF's game plan is forcing opponents to come to him, leaving themselves open. Already, MJF is finding himself at a disadvantage and doesn't seem as prepared as he usually is. 
Maybe he expected Punk to still chase him, seeing only red. Punk is showing a more patient approach while using Dog Collar to his advantage. MJF does get a small advantage as he snaps the neck of Punk down on the top rope, but a punch with the chain misses and Punk is on him in the corner. MJF tries to offer a handshake, hoping ROH Punk respects the code of honor, but this version of CM Punk isn't having it. He steps on MJF's hand and sets the tone for the rest of the match. Punk takes too long to wrap the chain around his fist for the corner punches, and MJF escapes under, wedging Punk's head into the turnbuckle for a thrust kick and powerbomb. MJF showed a great ability to capitalize on any space Punk gave him in the first bout, and he's picking up where he left off in this one. MJF whips Punk with the chain and starts to base his offense around utilizing the chain as a weapon. Punk fires back with strikes and hits his trademark corner knee. He goes to follow with the Bulldog, but MJF holds the chain, sending Punk flying into nothing and crashing to the mat. MJF is starting to adapt to the dog collar and learning how to use it to best serve him. MJF busts Punk open with a couple of chain-assisted punches and then attacks the wound. The blood is running down Punk's face and it's going to make it difficult for him to see and potentially breathe if any gets in his mouth. MJF not only has a target to go after, but the blood could bring another level of urgency to Punk's game, potentially opening him up for more mistakes. Instead, it's MJF who makes a rare mistake as he grabs the mic and wants Punk to quit. This is not an I quit match, and MJF, who is usually solely focused on victory, has seemed to have lost the plot in his thirst for humiliation. Punk can say he quits, but it's nothing more than a moral victory in a sport where those don't mean a damn thing. For the first time in two matches, MJF seems rattled despite being on offense. Though MJF batters Punk with the mic, he makes another big mistake as he goes to the middle rope to continue to talk trash. It immediately backfires as Punk yanks him down to the mat. It's unclear what MJF was thinking when he went to the middle rope with a chain wrapped around his neck and so much distance between him and Punk. Usually, the higher ground is advantageous, but not in this match when Punk doesn't have to chase and could simply pull him down by the chain. Punk stays on offense by connecting with a headbutt to the groin, whipping MJF around with the chain, throwing a gut punch with the chain, and coming off the middle rope with a driving elbow. Punk again hits the corner knee, and this time, instead of immediately going into the bulldog, he wraps the chain around MJF's neck. While there's still plenty of chain for MJF to grab, Punk stays tighter to the body and puts MJF's mind elsewhere to connect with the bulldog. Punk whips MJF with the chain multiple times and then goes back to targeting the right hand. Taking away the hand will take away the control to MJF as he won't be able to get a grip on the chain or use certain moves. He'll also hurt himself when throwing punches, which is his best strike and the move he beat Punk with in his first meeting. While Punk's Anaconda Vice focuses more on the arm and neck, the move will apply more pressure to an already injured hand as well. Punk signals for the GTS, and he didn't learn his lesson from the first match as calling for the move only serves to tip him off. As he's on Punk's shoulders, MJF rips at the head wound of Punk to escape. MJF immediately slides off Punk's back and locks on a sleeper, even tightening with the dog collar before getting his forearm around Punk's throat. This is the move MJF originally beat Punk with in the first match before the referee found the tape that MJF used. This time, MJF doesn't have to worry about the extra leverage from the dog collar as it's perfectly legal. Punk has lost a lot of blood, which helps the choke, and MJF gets him down to the ground. In the first bout, MJF was able to switch to a gable grip to add the extra pressure. With his injured hand, he can't change the grip, and Punk has just enough left to fight up to his feet and reverse the move by pushing off the middle rope and rolling onto MJF. MJF is forced to release the hold in order to break the pinfall. MJF can't execute a pile driver due to his injured hand, and Punk reverses into a lift for the GTS. 
Punk can't complete the move though as MJF blocks the knee on the way down. But it's the first time Punk has gotten the lift and the drop and it came when he didn't call for it. MJF showed his awareness though by still being able to block the move. MJF transitions into the Salt of the Earth submission, which is on the left arm of Punk that he targeted in the previous match. Though MJF can't get the grip he would like due to his hand, he bites the fingers at Punk to add extra damage. Punk reverses the hold with a pin and then transitions into the Anaconda Vice. MJF tries to reach for the ropes, but the referee reminds him that there's no rope breaks in this match. It's smart ring awareness by MJF, it just doesn't matter in this environment. MJF finally realizes he can use his free hand to- Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Grab it, Punk, and pulls him by the hair for a pen that forces Punk to release the hold. MJF goes for the Heat Seeker, but he can't get the proper grip on the top rope due to his hand being injured and Punk is able to shove him aside. Punk continues to find ways to use the chain as a weapon, wrapping it around his knee and delivering a Shining Wizard that sends MJF to the outside. Neither man can find a clear advantage in the match at this point, and it feels like a battle of who can outlast the other, more than precision offense. MJF is now busted open, and Punk targets the wound the same way MJF did to him. The rules of the dog collar match allow Punk to give MJF a taste of his own medicine, which is not something MJF is used to, as he's usually the only one brave enough to live on the edges of the rulebook. Punk does more damage with the chain wrapped around his fist and dragging MJF around the ring and slinging him into the steps. Punk is showing great patience in this match, as he knows MJF can't get away from him. He's also not rushing his offense like he did at times in the first bout. He's finding openings and sticking to more of a grit and grind approach that MJF has only experienced a handful of times in his AEW career, most notably in a 2020 loss to Jon Moxley. Almost on cue, Punk makes a massive mistake. He wraps the chain around his knee and looks to drive it into MJF's head as he leans against the steps. Despite there being a dog collar, MJF still has plenty of space to move and Punk only serves the damage to himself as he crashes into the steps. It's the biggest risk Punk has taken all match, and it backfires. If there's any silver lining, it's at his right knee, and not his left knee that MJF worked over in the first bout. Despite the mistake, Punk actually manages to stay on offense as he whips MJF and lands a couple of punches before they get back into the ring. Punk once again signals for the GTS, and he somehow hasn't learned his lesson. MJF doesn't need to use his smarts to escape, as Punk's knee gives out. MJF takes advantage by punching Punk in the right knee with the chain wrapped around his hand, but he uses the right hand to do so. MJF tries a tombstone on the apron, but Punk smartly grabs the ropes to buy himself some time. MJF was unable to hit the tombstone in the first bout thanks to a reversal by Punk, and that was with a good hand and good ring positioning. Punk reverses, and unlike the first bout, he's able to hit the tombstone on the apron. 
It's a move that damages his own need, though, and much like the Pepsi plunge in the first Punk match, goes up for the top rope elbow drop, but makes multiple mistakes. He was wrong on the Pepsi plunge. He takes plunge, too long wrapping the chain around his elbow. Hand, and the the move has been flipped, and thus more difficult for him to connect. For Punk. And he continues to take his time by playing to the crowd. MJF moves, and Punk wastes another opportunity following a high-impact move by taking a risk that he didn't need to take. MJF is able to make a one-arm cover, but Punk is able to get his shoulder up because MJF's full weight is not on him. MJF grabs a bag of tacks and sprinkles them on the mat. Now we're seeing a more gritty side to MJF, which isn't his strength. He has Punk wounded after the missed elbow and with the injured knee, but as he's done for the majority of the match, he's going for damage over victory. MJF hits the corner knee straight out of Punk's playbook and goes for the bulldog, but Punk bites his way out of it. Another mistake by MJF is he's lost focus on the knee of Punk and is still going for the humiliation factor. He's straying from his usual attack, and instead of diversifying his offense but keeping true to his scheme, he's trying to foolishly take from his opponent. Punk leaves himself exposed while biting MJF, and MJF does get back to the knee with a kick. He throws a series of right forearms to try to knock Punk back into the tax, but Punk is able to maintain his balance. Neither man can get the other over on a suplex, and MJF goes back to forearms but is met with a head kick. It's the first time Punk has really utilized his kicks in this match. He uses his right leg though, which lessens the impact a bit. Both men are very fixated on the tacks, as each seems to think that will be the knockout blow that they are looking for. Punk goes for the Pepsi plunge, but MJF fights out. Punk caught MJF off guard with the move in their first bout, but this time he takes too long to set it up, and the surprise element is missing this time around. MJF hits a superplex onto the thumbtacks, but only Punk's lower half catches the brunt as he was able to get his legs up. Still, there are plenty of tacks in the ass of Punk, and because he came up short, MJF managed to avoid the tacks to the back of the head. MJF performed the move from the middle rope instead of the top, which could have changed the angle and put Punk, and by virtue himself, more into the tacks. MJF uses his right hand for a chain punch, as he's failed to adjust his game plan and switch to his left. It might be his weaker hand, but given how damaged his right hand is, it's likely more effective. Another option would be to go to whipping Punk or going back to the forearms. This is a case where MJF is so used to controlling things and running his offense, he's not adjusting when one of his avenues is shut off. MJF screams for Wardlow, who is key in executing the trick play that led to victory in the first bout. Wardlow has continued to express his frustrations with the pinnacle, but still remains part of the team. We can see that the dog collar is no longer hooked to MJF, but it's unclear if he recognized this, and quickly doesn't matter as referee Paul Turner gets it back on him. Wardlow comes down, but can't find the ring to hand to MJF. The delay allows Punk to pull MJF in, and he finally hits the GTS. Punk uses his left knee to deliver the strike, which adds impact and salvages his bad knee. A lot of things had to go right for Punk to finally land the GTS against MJF. Wardlow's delay... MJF being occupied, the referee getting the dog collar hooked back up, and Punk catching him with the quick strike version, rather than setting it up. Wardlow does find the ring, seemingly knowing where it was all along, and places it on the mat, looking directly at Punk. No trick play needed here, as Punk can use the ring to his advantage, and Wardlow announces that he'll be sitting out as long as the pinnacle is under MJF's leadership. Punk pulls MJF to his knees, but MJF won't go down without trying to get one last laugh, spitting in Punk's face. Punk clocks him with the ring, gets a three count, and avenges his only loss in AEW, poetically using the same move that put him down. When the talent level is relatively even, coming off a loss makes it easier to adjust. The biggest adjustment Punk had to make was simply keeping his focus. In their dynamite bout, Punk failed to keep his focus and wanted to teach MJF a lesson rather than shoot for the victory. 
MJF was went in his head going into Dynamite and tried to plant himself deeper in his head going into Revolution. But his penetration only served to wake up Punk. Punk didn't have to chase the violence in a dog collar match. That was always going to happen. Instead, he could get back to the task of winning. While the dog collar served as a solace for Punk, it took away many advantages for MJF. He couldn't bait Punk into chasing violence. He couldn't work the rulebook knowing Punk wouldn't do the same. He also couldn't foresee Wardlow refusing to cooperate on the biggest play of the match. That said, MJF made plenty of mistakes of his own as he was too busy chasing his own humiliation and went away from his tried and true game plan of attacking a weakened area. The stats from our friends at Pro Wrestling Musings show that Punk kept up the striking advantage from the first bout and got away from the taunting that plagued him on Dynamite. Punk also used the chain to his advantage more than MJF, who struggled when the weapons were actually legal. The big offense was also in Punk's favor as he put together his most complete offensive performance in AEW. After the bout, Punk signals that his next goal is the AEW World Championship. Having avenged his only blemish in AEW and defeating a variety of opponents, he was without a doubt the top contender in the company, and it earned his title shot. Next time on the series. CM Punk finally goes for gold as he clashes with Hangman Page at AEW Double or Nothing.